Bones Podcast. Hello and welcome to the No Bones Podcast, where we talk about the greatest fight game on earth, the UFC. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. And I'm Rich. This episode, we're going to talk about some of the things that could be changed to make this sport we love even better. Now, we've got a few subjects to get into, but we're going to start with the notorious 12 to 6 elbow debate. Whether or not it should be allowed or it should remain banned. This is a move that got banned a while ago because of its devastation and its potential cause for injury. Um, but there is now a lot of talk of it coming back into the game and we're going to see whether we think that that should be allowed or not. So what do you reckon, boys? Yeah, it's, uh, you're right. It's, um, it's one of the most talked about possibilities, you know, for a rule change. Um, I think it was banned about year 2000-ish, around that time. Me personally, I think it should never been banned in the first place. I mean, if to ban that, I mean, there's a lot more. I mean, if you look at all the, the array of striking techniques and different elbows thrown and kicks and knees and you know, yeah, side me, side elbow is allowed and then the six or twelve is not, which is like less powerful. <laughs> yeah, there's like when when they've got them down and ground and pound and just smashing elbows into the face. Eh? You know, it's you know front side, like you say, it's. It's got to be just as devastating, really, isn't it? Yeah. I understand maybe it'll create more cuts, but surely when you even ground and pound with side elbow, you can a lot easier use your weight, don't you? Your body, twist your body. Whether with 12 to 6, you can just go, only can go up and down. So, Do we think because of the position it's in, do we think it's more because they're likely to land on back at head rather than anywhere else? Do you think that comes into decision for it to be banned? Or? And it, wasn't it banned initially because one of these... You know, when they looked into it, you know, when they were like these karate guys smashing through oh, tiles and bricks that. and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they had it in their head that, you know what, if they can do that to a brick, surely what they're going to do to somebody's skull. That's exactly what it was. Somebody watched too much karate videos. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose I've got a point, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, like you say, a big roundhouse to Ed's also going to have a, a pretty decent yeah, I mean, if effect you look, on it. If you look at leverage of like, if you, if you just try it yourself by lifting your arm up, I mean, look at leverage you're going to create with it. I don't... It's for me, a, a side elbow is going to slice you up a lot more, isn't it? Than yeah, yeah. Has any, anybody tried to break a roof tile? How easy they break? <laughs> no, no. Unsurprising, <laughs> isn't it? Just I've, I've walked on a few and broke. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, I've never laid, gone on roof and started elbowing the fuckers. But <laughs> Something to do after pod, though. Yeah. <laughs> tell you what, next one we'll have to bring some rich. <laughs> yeah. I'll show you how to do it. Anybody ever tried elbowing a, a roof tile? When we start filming, that's what we can start. start yeah, off yeah. Room. When we start filming first podcast, I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the podcast. Bang. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. That was initially was somebody in the committee, uh, commission committee, whatever. They were watching these things. They were popular in eighties and nineties, isn't it? Dumb karate shows. Yeah, they were, they were actually te- televised, and then so they thought it's too dangerous because they can break bricks with elbows, or but they can break bricks with fists as well. They do that as well, aren't they? So I don't yeah. really understand what they want about. No, I think we need changing that rule, don't it? Yeah. Like John Jones, when he got he got disqualified, his only kind of asterisk on his career when he, like we said before, when he fought Matt Hamill. Yeah, yeah. And that's he, right. he got disqualified for doing it and he was absolutely dominating fight. And, and that was in 2009. Yeah. So and he was the only person to be disqualified over that as well. Nobody else since or before yeah. was disqualified for 6 or 12 elbow. Crazy, that, isn't it? It really is. I think most people think it should be allowed back in, don't they? I don't think it's. Uh, yeah, a rule that causes that much argument. To be honest, um, so yeah, I reckon 
crack on with getting that 12 to 6 elbow back in fellas why not why yeah, not definitely mm-hmm. yeah, I agree with that we, well. all, we all agree with that I well, agree with that okay so we're going to the next subject that could make things better and it's weight classes yeah, weight classes we we'll talk about yeah we we'll talk about the amount of weight classes and whether should more should be added you know which it's all evolving around people cutting weight and stuff like that so uh, we'll have a look is there enough weight classes Chris or do you think there should be more I think there should be more yeah yeah, because I think the, the the lower weights is there's roughly like ten pounds in between them. But as you work up, so whereabouts do you think they should be inserted? You know, into ones that are standing so far. Where do you think extra ones should be inserted? Well, I think between lightweight and welterweight, there's fifteen pounds. I think you could definitely slide one in there. Mm. Um, and then again, between one eight five, which is middleweight and light heavyweight, that's twenty pounds. So surely you'd be able to slide one in mm. there as well. Whoever is listening in Europe, that's nine kilos. Yeah. which is an incredible amount of weight. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then apart from that, the other one is, I don't think there should be a limit on an heavyweight. I know one of our one of our top guys at the minute, Tom Aspinall, I think he had to cut weight last time, and he's, he's, he's pretty ripped up, isn't he? You know, he's, he's yeah. not like a big obese lad or whatever. Well, yeah, he, he's he, no butterbean, is he? Oh, he's, he doesn't he's, even uh, look 260, does not he? No, he's he, just because he's that tall, yeah, he's he kind of hides his weight. Yeah, he's six well. foot four, six foot five, isn't he? Yeah, I agree. I think he so definitely what, what could is, be one of the What is his walking weight then? I think he always he's one of them guys, isn't he? That he always keeps it still in, in pristine um, condition. So yeah, um, I think by adding them extra couple of, I mean by doing that, it leads on to more champions, doesn't it as well? Yeah, which is a good thing. Well, what did you say about Dana? He mentioned that he doesn't want it because yeah, he don't want to dilute. But he said he don't want to like dilute it and have too many champions. You know, lead on to while boxing's gone on with all their weight weight classes. Yeah. Too many belts. I agree maybe it's too many weight classes, but the biggest problem with boxing is not not on weight classes, maybe part of it, but the real big problem is the belts, is five belts in every division, which is just fucking, st- not every weight class, yeah. sorry, which is stupid, isn't it? Yeah, they, it's gone too far with that. Yeah. But we have to say, I think we could definitely get one at top end for yeah. sure, for super so, heavyweight and then... How many weights there is now? How many weight classes there is now? Is it 12? I think there's, 12. there's four. No, like, not in boxing, I mean in oh. UFC. No, I think there's, yeah, I think including with, with girls, I think there's 12 in total. Right, mm. so if you would add, what did you say, three more, that would make yeah. it 15. It's still no, well, less than boxing, isn't it? Yeah, I, th- I think they could they could easily do that. Uh, if you just had one or two X, one or two more, then it creates more champions, might lead on to more super fights, might it? Yeah, yeah. Which will boost sport even more. Yeah, I think there's definitely room to, to get at least a couple in. Like you say, if you could shuffle numbers about a little bit to try and keep it, like 10, 10 between each one, you know, because like you say in, 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 in the lighter weights, there's 10, 10 between them. And then as, as, as you go on a little bit, it starts getting bigger to 15 and then to 20 between between each weight class, doesn't it? So I think you could definitely slide a couple in there at least. I was just wondering because you, obviously Chris has all written down and the way it looks, whether they've done this in pro, by percentages or they've done it by pounds. Hmm. Because, you know, like 10 pounds, it means a lot less to heavyweight than a lightweight. Yeah, a yeah, full body so mass sort of thing. Yeah. I think yeah. maybe they tried to do that, but still, twenty pounds is twenty pounds is nine kilos. Whether you're lightweight or heavyweight, that's a big impact. Yeah, maybe there's more science to it involved. Like. Well, you know, when they strip down for when they strip down as well, have you seen them? The yeah. state of them, what they look like, some of them with weight, you know, weight cutting. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that leads us into an all other debate, doesn't it? And, and the cutting and how much would would adding more weight classes stop the extreme cutting of weight or is there no real way to get around that? Does it doesn't matter how many weight classes are, will people still cut weight to try and get into the lightest category they can? 
I think that yeah, is, I, think, I, I think that's a very good point. Yeah. I think regardless, there's not much you can do with that cutting weight. No. But for me, you know, like with super heavy, the, the maximum you can weigh is 265, going back to it, like with Tom Aspinall, what we said. Yeah, yes. Yeah, How many weight. fighters around the world, though, that are big, like this, people that are six foot eight, you know, like a lot of these big, you know, kickboxers or a lot of these from different disciplines? It's, it seems a bit daft, doesn't it, to have a, ma- a maximum weight, a 265. Yeah. yeah and John weight. Jones' brother's like 300 pounds. Yeah, the, yeah they're both and uh, they all fight NFL like players, they're both. former <laughs> NFL players. Yeah, they're excluded from fighting in competition altogether yeah. because they're just too big, yeah. Yeah. But if you think if Tom Aspinall's ripped up like we were saying, he's ripped and he's still cutting weight. You, you that's wait a minute. Yeah, he's not like some three hundred pound obese. But plus, as well, people might say, "Oh, yeah, but the bigger guys, you might not, you might not get. You know, a lot of them might not be as you know skilled." But if they are, it seems some daft, of them are. Like Tom, Tom's a perfect example. Yeah. He, he is a skilled fighter, and he all round, he's not just a big guy that turns up and you know just bam bam zoomed down to the canvas. Is he? Is you know yeah. what? You might be less skilled, but in once you go into heavyweights, really one good clip that's all it takes to drop somebody. Yeah, and we've seen that from Ngano. When he started, he was probably the least skilled uh, heavyweight, and then he improved obviously yeah, by he training. Want, he won more one-dimensional, wasn't he? Yeah, power and his punching power. I think is is unbelievable. He's isn't quite it? fast as well, isn't he? His yeah. speed is good as well, and he's quite accurate as well. You have to give him that. So. That's that was it. That's all he had. He was not good with legs. He's still not good with legs. He admits it as well. Although they are very powerful, mm-hmm. but on ground game, well, there is no ground game. He's got some uh, picking up Cyril Garn and slamming him upside down on his head yeah. game now. Though. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I enjoyed that. <laughs> no, he's definitely improved, hasn't he, with his, his wrestling? Yeah, though. but you can't definitely. deny that they're still entertaining. So I don't really understand what's. That. I don't, I'm not. I don't see that but as a you, problem. If you look at light heavyweight, it's two o five. Yeah, and then the heavyweight's two six five. It's sixty pounds. They'd argue. How much is that in weight? So, in, so hold on. Yeah, so How much is that in kilos? I, I don't even know, but that's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, it's if you're you weighing it to two oh eight, and then you're up against somebody. <laughs> it's about hundred and twenty kilos, I think. I guess. Yeah, I'm no good at converting them weights. No, either. I'm not as well. I know the ten pounds. If it's not stones, kilos, I'm done. That's it. That's all I know. Yeah, I'm only saying that because I'm about two six five. Pure muscle mass. Yeah, that's a nice it's a nice way to get into weight cutting is that mate to be honest yeah, that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> what, you ins- what you insinuating here mate <laughs> you need one of them their IVs <laughs> yeah so the weight cutting is this is the biggest one for me that's my I, I always had this gripe with the UFC or in MMA in general no. yeah yeah so basically so UFC fighters uh, to fight in weight class below their natural weight they'll cut weight obviously yeah and then uh, usually they do that week before the fight. Mm-hmm. And uh, typically they will lose between 20 to 30 pounds, which is a lot. And they do that by diet and very strict diet and dehydration. Yeah. And then so they usually do the weigh in 24 hours before the fight. They do. And then uh, once you met the weight, you have 24 hours to rehydrate and come back to your natural weight which is usually 20 to 30 pounds more. So if you're fighting natural, let's say 145, who is natural, 145, Mm -hmm. and then you weighed in 24 hours prior uh, at 145 as well, but then next day you come in 24 hours late and you're 265, you literally, it's it's a cheat code. You literally, it's, it, that's, that's, I know it's legal, yeah. but it is a cheat code which everybody uses and exploits. Yeah, that's what, but, that's, yeah. that's one of the things, isn't it? Do you think there's any, any credence to argument that they should be weighed maybe an hour or two before fight rather well, than giving them that 24 hours? 
Yeah, well, my thing is with that, it's dangerous as well to them, but the fighters, no matter what they do, because, you know, when you're an elite, I the, do. <laughs> but no, well, that's what, isn't it? Your, your health is kind of secondary thing. You don't think about it as much because you're, you're fighting for that title shot, isn't it? Whether you're a fighter or an athlete, whoever you are, you'll do anything to get that yeah, to get that advantage, get marginal gains, everything. So you'll do anything. And even if it hurts you and you know that, you just ignore that. Well, most night, well, most of them do it though, don't they? So it's, yeah. an, it's an even, it's playing field for everybody, isn't it? So I, but I think that should be for pro, to, for protection of fighters themselves from themselves, really. Yeah. Because that's life changing, you know. Damage you can damage yourself into life changing situations where you can yeah. damage your organs and everything, or even die because we know somebody died well, from do, that. Just to touch on that though, Rich, it, like I said, it's an even playing field for everybody. And years ago, it was just like I think it was a bit more brutal before. Now yeah. they've got like dietitians, you know, there's a lot more science involved with it now. Yeah. It's I a lot more structured. Well, there's some but guys, the, there's some guys in particular, we know one scouser that doesn't help himself, like, you know what I mean? Does it, yeah. between, between fights and stuff like that, you know, going around tasting every burger in America after he's had a fight <laughs> before then trying to cut it out again, which, is, you know, that's that's them not helping themselves, is it? But, yeah, you mentioning, know. Not, not mentioning the names, Paddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Paddy. You know what, though? I think he's always made weight, aren't they? Yeah, yes. Yeah, fair play to But him, yeah. I have to say something about that as well, because you can you can do that, like you say, with dietitians and have private chefs. That's if you're, on, if you're in top five, probably. If yeah. you're in top ten or below, you can't do that. You can't afford it because you have no money to... You don't have resources. That's so, it, yeah, yeah. But then, I know, I know the USADA and the Performance Institute trying to do that by... Uh, the kind of suggestions they, you you can go in there into your SAD or performance institute and they'll give you all the gui- guidance for diet and how to dehydrate and rehydrate yourself they'll do all that but that's it and the rest is for you there is no actual loss in in place it's just suggestions which is i think is a bit mad that's it right. yes so to finish up on the on the weight cutting part of it which we can all agree is it's a it's a brutal side of it and you see them they're like they're like fucking skeletons out there when they come out some of them it's, it's horrible to see, and some of them can hardly walk. So, surely, what solutions do you think? I mean, what can they do to? What is there anything they can bring in to prevent that? Or what do you think, Rich? I read up quite a bit on this. I think they could maybe copy one uh, FC championship in two thousand and fifteen. Uh, one of the fighters died, uh, named. Uh, Yang Jiang Bing. He died. Uh, what are your friends? Basically, died uh, because of the d- d- dehydration. It, he dehydrated himself so severely, so he, that he ended up dying. And then, so in 2016, uh, the 1FC they came up with a new system, uh, which is revol- 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 revolutionized the sport or the 1FC uh, particularly. Yeah. Uh, what they've done is they introduced the gravity urine test, uh, which they, the fighters had to do it three times. So I think it was a week prior, then midweek, and then... The urine test. Uh, yeah, one or two hours before the fight. And the fight day, I think, is the most important one. So if you come in and uh, you weigh in, and you, you, let's say, even if you meet the weight, you still have to do hydration test. Yeah. And then if you come, come in at uh, 1.25 units or uh, below... Or 1.025 sort of units or below, that means you're hydrated and you're fine. But if you don't, they'll give you a bit of time to rehydrate. And if you rehydrate and you come overweight, which you will, as long as it's within 5% of the opponent's weight, you can fight, but you will get fined. Okay. 
takes uh, over the purse. Yeah, no, I think the first time you just get taken points, I think, and they take a note that you have been caught basically dehydrating yourself. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so that more or less abolishes all the dehydration nonsense. And then you can only lose weight by losing fat, which is natural way, really, more or less. And then uh, the best thing is, uh, what I think that what they introduce is the fines. So if you get, yeah, if the first offense, the athlete, athlete receives an official warning. The second offense, the athlete will uh, uh, be penalized 25% of his purse, of the fight purse. The third time, the athlete will be penalized 50% of his fight purse, and then the athlete will be banned from that weight class for life. From the whole class? Yeah, oh, wow. that is, yeah, they make sure that you do not cut your weight by dehydrating yourself, which I think is That's, brilliant. Yeah, it makes sense, makes sense. And I, wonder the, what, I wonder what percent of fights get cut then. Hmm. Yeah, good question. We, we could, I, I didn't look into that, so, but I, as long as I know, it works very well for 1FC, and I don't understand why UFC doesn't copy it. I know that they like the kind of, you know, the, the 1FC is a different organization, organization, but they're all under one sport. And I don't understand why these rules are not unified. They don't apply to all the MMA sports. I just, how come every single organization have their own rules? I just don't understand that. Yeah, they should it's take they should take it yeah. off each other, shouldn't they? Especially if it's fuck great or good at sport altogether, yeah. regardless of which organisation it is. If one yes. if one's got something good, then others yeah. should follow suit. Really. I and guess. how come you sad and performance institute? They both like run on the UFC and they don't run on any others. And I know UFC puts millions into them, but they don't mm-hmm. implicate any laws. I don't. They just advisories. What just, about if they just if they wait fighter on day at fight? But then they're still the same because it gives them less time, doesn't it? To yeah. yeah, and they discuss that, and then they say, well, the fighters will be like putting themselves in more danger, which is kind of true because they'll be all dehydrated all the time, so they'll be dehydrated in the fight itself as well. Hmm. Yeah, you sometimes see, don't you, when a, you can just tell when a fighter, you know, when they get on scales and they can hardly walk when they get off. I didn't know that. They're refueling straight away, aren't they? they, they yeah. They're on, on yeah, liquids, aren't they, immediately, yeah. I had no idea, but apparently, do you know now, uh, when you see the weigh-ins, and there's obviously curtains at the back every time. Yeah. There's some kind of doctors waiting behind them immediately, and they all go there and they do like a checkup, but they don't do urine test. Right. Which is why not? Why don't you do that yeah, gravity probably test? Because they've got nobody urine them because they've, they've got that much weight. <laughs> 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 but it's just to me, it's, it's it, what's happening now with this weight cutting in UFC. It's a joke. It's like same what used to be happening with the steroids in early two thousands. Where like what they said, it was really more like a. Poof, Buff, you know, yeah. test. <laughs> Won't actual test. Yeah, for a, for a title fight in UFC, you've got to be bang on weight. You can't be a, an, over it at all. But for a non-title fight, you can go over by one pound. Well, yeah, that seems strange as well. But one, uh, yeah, that seems strange mm-hmm. to me as well. One pound is four hundred and fifty grams. That's more or less your breakfast. Yeah. Yeah, depending on who you are, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, it's. Imagine how bad it'd look as well if, if one of the fighters died in UFC. Yeah, much you know, like more. The leading organisation. Yeah, much more high profile. Yeah, I tell you what, it, they're, de- they're definitely putting a lot more into it, aren't they? They've got a lot more doctors, specialists, in, you know. But the, yeah, you're right, but it's still all, everything is only a guidance, and I don't understand why. They're scared to put laws in because they think they're going to break laws. Well, if, if, if they're going to break laws, so the guidance is they're just going to ignore it, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think the UFC are more on board with that now, with that performance institute. I think that with that, it helps them with the training or whatever. I think all fighters have got access to it. Yeah. But also, I'm pretty sure they'll be looking into, you know, helping them with diet. I think I think they can eat there for free and all that kind of stuff when they train there. Yeah, it's good. They need to 
and if they're putting helping in place and that for fighters the ones that are not at the top like you say earning the big bucks or yeah. kind of big bucks which brings us on to another thing in fighter pay we can go so all that that would that improve the game are they going to get can they get bigger cuts is Dana taking too much money he probably isn't he? <laughs> it seems to be general <laughs> consensus we are having all the figures and Hot pay-per-view revenue that they bring in, you know, it seems to be general consensus by a lot of ex-fighters and that as well, don't they, that they should and very much could be getting a bigger piece of the pie, so to speak. So you two mentioned today about the pay-per-view, how it works, who gets paid. So say that again, yeah, because I'm a bit bewildered with that. Yeah, on, on numbers events, so we're saying there's only only the champion the current standing champion on, on these numbered events that get a piece of the pay-per-view. The rest of them obviously get the fees and things like that. So even if the opponent of the champion, he won't get it as well? He won't get a piece of pay-per-view, no. He'll get he'll, he'll get, get his fee, obviously. And the, the good example of it is, which uh, I heard Sean O'Malley talking about it the other day, is the upcoming event with Yuri uh, Prohachka and Alex Pereira on the undercard, even though that's for a belt, because none of them actually hold it at the moment and it's vacant right none of them will get a piece of pay-per-view so it's got a it's got a big event a nice big shiny event for ufc coming in for everybody to see two title fights in effect it's two title fights but there's only john jones out of all the four fighters in Pereira, prohachka miocic and jones that'll be getting a slice at pay-per-view play which is i don't think that's fair at all well you know what though fans are winning aren't they because you get an absolutely unbelievable yeah, pay-per-view yeah, so with an absolute stack card Dana White and UFC are winning, aren't they? And then also, you can argue that perhaps you know they're winning because of the fight for a belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's different ways to look at it, and different ways, you know. There yeah, is, there I guess so. Is. But I don't know. I, I think if you're all, if you're a lead fight, and if you're in top, you know, if top two, whatever you are, like you say, you're fighting for a vacant belt, you should get paid paid, paid piece of a pie because you're gonna be, you're, you're gonna bring a lot of pay per views, aren't you? You're gonna bring people into the stadium as well. Let's let's be honest. So in a fight like Pereira and Pro Hatchke, it's gonna win a fight at night, and it's all no, gonna get an yeah. extra. Really gonna get an extra bit of bubble out there for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's be honest. I think work fighters make the do well though. Like what we were talking about Paddy earlier. He, he signed a million dollar deal with that Barstool Sport. Oh in yeah, yeah, sponsorships. So, and yeah, stuff. that's where they make the money. That's why. That's why they're, they've got to bring the personality out, aren't they? When they've got when they've got opportunity in uh, presses and and any interviews and that, because that's how you that's how you can draw big books in it, whether you're top at game or not. Mm-hmm. So you know, for me, then sponsorship. This that's another one. So before, you could wear the clothes you want. And then you could wear your sponsors on your clothes, mm-hmm. uh, any uh, whatever you had, and you could you know search your own, you know you can you could bring bring your own sponsors from outside whatever you you know we, whoever you could have you know Nike could sponsor you or Adidas or what whoever. Yeah. But UFC now signed the contract with Reebok, and they made all the fighters wear obviously Reebok clothing, mm-hmm. and I think. I don't take my word for it, but I think how it works. So the Reebok every year gives to all fighters, you know, nobody, you know, nobody individual, specifically all fighters, seven million a year, and it gets shared out over, over the entire UFC. Yeah. But that's it. So if you think how many fighters there is, that's not a lot of money. Yeah, it's not going to go very far, is it? And they're not a lot. They're not allowed anymore to wear their, their sponsors on the Reebok. Yeah, it's got Sports a it's got to be it's gone, so their purse is a lot smaller than it was before, which is, I think, not right as well. Yeah, it uh, seems a bit harsh on fighters, doesn't it? Yeah. I guess. I guess but. Yeah, that was interesting. A few weeks ago, when I watched the, well, I listened to the um, Joe Rogan and uh, Francis Ngannou podcast. Did you listen oh, yeah. to that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that were interesting. That you know, it, it delved into a lot of that 
um, and Garnu they couldn't really de- agree a deal, could he? Yeah, yeah. He were pissed off with them, you know. He want he felt like he wasn't respected enough, you know, even though he were champion or fighting top guys, and he ended up leaving, didn't he? He's definitely been one of the guys that have spoke out a lot about it, and well, he's he's done actions, hasn't he? You know. Yeah, I mean, what did he agree with that new deal with new promotion? I don't know how much money they offered him, but I know that it was a lot, and a lot more that he, than he anticipated. I know that the deal, it wasn't only about the money, it wasn't only about the money, sorry, it was about the, the actual deal itself as well. So when they went for a meal and they talked about the deal, as long as I know, Ngannou didn't even negotiate, he just there and then said, okay, because it was that good, he goes, I couldn't believe it, because they gave him everything he wanted and more. Excellent. So he's allowed to fight in to to do boxing matches, you know, out of the PFL. Although mm. he bring them with him, even though they told him they you know it's not their play field, uh, they they don't really do boxing. He goes, oh come anyway. So basically, he wants them to be you know in his corner, which is nice. Mm. And then I don't know what else did they offer. Yeah, him? he agreed a minimum pay, didn't he, for his opponents oh, as well? Oh yeah, yeah. Which yeah, I think that's right. what it's really really important to to mention that. And I actually know the figures of that, which are staggering. But two million. Two million yeah, dollars. And if the opponent is in position to negotiate more, he should be allowed to do that. Fair enough. Fair yeah. Enough. <laughs> yeah, they've definitely pushed Boat out to get him on. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want, Francis? Yeah. And, and <laughs> do you know the Francis contract that he got offered in UFC before he left? The biggest, it was 1.25 million. And then uh, 20% of the pay-per-views, but only of from, if I think only from... You know, because, Eight, over eighty dollars, I think. It yeah, was, basically because they had an increase from six dollars to eighty, and I think that twenty percent of that twenty dollars, I think that's what he was getting. Yeah, that's something that's right, like yeah. that, which is like ridiculous, really. Paltry, isn't it, compared to yeah. how much they're going to be taking in in total. So, hence, that's why he left. Well, yeah, well, if more people do what Francis does did, then Dana White's going to have to. They're going to have to start making some changes, aren't they? Otherwise, they're going to lose up more big stars, and yeah, then yeah. they'll be. They'll yeah. Be, I, I also heard some of that. I think you know, like the you know the lower end guys that have just joined. A lot of them sign like a free fight deal. That's usually the thing, yeah. and it's it's usually like ten, ten, ten to fifteen to twelve thousand dollars. That's all. That's all they get for that first free fight. Yeah, and the yeah. camp is what fifty thousand a year cost you something like that. So yeah, I think they could do some, you know, on lower end at scale to help yeah. the startup guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure, because you know a lot of them are going to fall just for financial reasons rather than skill reasons huh? that's right yeah. and Ungano brought something else to the light extensions which I didn't even know they exist yeah he, <laughs> he definitely opened box there in Francis I don't think he's going back to UFC anytime oh no mate no chance yeah what well, that photo he got a phone call didn't he I can't, I'm not sure that guy's name and he basically saying uh Oh, when are you going to be fit, Francis? And he says, oh, hopefully May, you know, June time. Yeah. So they offered him a fight around that time and he, he, he kind of like brushed it to side because no, it was the general chat. No, March. Oh, in March, it, yeah. But just like, they, and they said, just a suggestion, they, they weren't even saying you have to, they said as just a suggestion. <laughs> yeah, and he says, I won't, won't, won't be quite ready for that time. And then <laughs> he didn't know that extended his contract without like telling months. him. <laughs> putting, like putting that down as a, a refused fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. put it down as a refused Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you refuse it, you get the ex- automatic extension, automatic like yeah, for for three months, and then if you get injured in in a fight or in training, the extension is six months immediately. So if you sign the contract, which is not big anyway, you're like you're out of pocket immediately, no matter what. So you got to take the fight, which is mad to me. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it all seems a bit underhand, doesn't it? I if you're not ready, you're not ready, isn't it? And if you told them prior, he told them prior that he wants to fight in July, August, a best case scenario. So they offered like, him one in March. Yeah, June, <laughs> they offered him one in March. Well, you know what, UFC, they don't like people turning fights down, do they? Yeah. He, you know, they want people, you know, Adesanya type, you know, want to fight three, four times a year, every year. Yeah. Francis had his, his injuries as well, didn't he? I think he had yeah. his, and then that. I suppose, I suppose from UFC's point of view, though, they don't want a culture of people getting away with turning down fights because then it might get into a point where they're just going to keep turning them down until they get the fight that they want and things like that. So I suppose they've got to look after their own own franchise in that side. But yeah, it feels like we could, we could meet in middle. Mm, they're, they're looking after brand, aren't they? But I think we can all agree that they should probably. There's different. And they could definitely change it a bit up a bit, couldn't they? Yeah. I think offer them a bit more. Yeah, I think it's their own fault because I think if if you. I don't really understand how they work, but if they sign a deal for eight fights over three years, let's let's say that. Mm-hmm. So where is the problem then? If if you if, because fighting fighter cannot organize his own fights, you 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 do the fights, you you do the matchups, mm-hmm. and if it's you know you know when roughly when the when the schedule of your of your events don't you so the if you tell the fighters in far in advance so they know when they're fighting and they can prepare for it, so I don't really understand how they manage to always mess that up how if the france is telling them you fight i'm fighting in june and they say okay and then they ring him and they go oh yeah do you want to fight in, in a month in, in may he goes no and they go okay then it's extension i don't i don't understand how that works no i don't no, it don't seem fair does it no it doesn't okay so let's move on to the next thing that we think can improve this game and that's judging and refereeing things like that we've got things like could there be more judges than three especially in, in in big fights or five round fights and things like that for example if one judge has a bad a bad call and there's only three of them that can have a massive impact on a result of a fight should we move up to five judges would that make it better we, we i think we all agree we should have more 10 8 rounds and things like that as well what do, do you reckon on judging yeah i think it's an interesting one it's a good point that it's horrible to see isn't it you know when you you watch a fight and you think oh you know Summit fights are close, aren't they? Yeah. But I think the, if you get more like experts, like an extra couple of judges, I think like you've just said, like covered, you know, if somebody has a bad day, it doesn't necessarily. I th- I think moving up to five judges would be a good move personally. Well, and what, what about the type of judges? Because apparently they, they yeah, take a lot of judges from boxing that. and things like that. No, I disagree with that. I think they should be ex MMA fighters. Oh yeah, well, yeah, that's what I was saying. I think yeah. at the moment a lot of judges are boxing judges that have not got a big MMA background. Yeah. Should they have ex-fighters and things in there maybe doing that retraining? And, I know they're educating them, but that's not enough because if you're not a fighter, it's a, you don't even have to be a professional fighter, but if you're like, I don't know, if you're in, if you're in, if you're in kickboxing and in jiu-jitsu, you're training, you have an idea, you have a clue. Yeah. You don't even have well, to be a professional fighter. should be somebody involved within fight games, shouldn't yeah. it? It doesn't have to be necessary. Like, I think Chris Lieben's just started doing it. Yeah, yeah it don't have to. It don't have to be. Yeah. Like, I don't all the fame of the legends doing it. You know, for me, Bisbin yeah. should be sitting there. I, I'll, I'll, I'll be straight. I think, I think he should be sitting in one of them seats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he prefers commentary, yeah. doesn't he? But I know he prefers commentary. But he, he has a clue. He's done all this game, you know, for years, and he, he understands the game. And then, so yeah, it should be for five. I think, yeah. I, I think five would be a good move, yeah, rather than three. Like, like we say, because if one, if one guy. It always tends to be one judge, doesn't it? When you see these fights and people think people have got robbed or whatever, this always seems to be just one one at judges that have scored it yeah, weirdly. Way other off. two, yeah, other two well, seem to be in sync, and then one guy seems to be way off. And it has with just three of them, it has a massive impact on the result of the fight. And then that's when people start saying we've got robbed and and, and things like that. But if it's a five, it'll sort of 
What do you think on the scoring system? Do you think they could score it as, as an actual full fight rather than each round? Um, yeah. I think that's difficult to say. Yeah, it could be. It could be a route to go down. Other ones that say is could go at higher on points rather than just to 10 as well, you know, for, for scoring, you know. I yeah. think they should do both, maybe. Judge rounds and then the fight overall, because even if you try to judge the fight itself, you still won't, you, you can't help yourself to judge the, the rounds as well. You'll think, oh, but he lost that one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But they all, all also think, you know, they do the scoring. Since in 2001, they introduced the, this uh, scoring system, the one they have now, which they just lifted it from boxing. Yeah. And I think at the time it kind of fixed the problem, uh, temporary but now 30 years in i think that's a bit mad to still use the same system with yeah. three judges which doesn't work because it's two different spots and uh, so basically do you know do you understand how that works that 10 10 9 10 8 thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so basically if the fight is close they'll call it 10 9 mm-hmm. if it's the fight is somebody dominates around it's 10 8 but yeah it's usually usually especially with, with boxing one it's usually if they put someone down in it they, yeah. they'll end up getting a 10 8 round if, 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 if they're for not me going. that doesn't work it should be more i think it should be more 10 8s and 10 7s and even 10 6s oh definitely should be more 10 8s in there yeah, yeah there seems to be a lot of 10 9 rounds and yeah you know if, if they're knocking them down in mma there's takedowns as well obviously as well it's, if they're getting them down several times around and it ends up as a 10 9 round that's where a lot of controversy comes in, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's what happens usually, and it's just people, people suffer. I think, the, you know, that as a quick fix in 2001, it was okay, because then the fights finishing by decision was 11.8%, so almost none. T- today, it's more than half fights finishing in decision, so it's all to judges, and if they score, you know... If their scoring's a bit wonky, we're getting a lot more sort of controversial decisions, false decisions, things like that. Some of them are really difficult to score, though, aren't they? It is. It's like if somebody's slightly better on stand-up, you know, can, you know, a bit more damage on feet, but then he gets taken down a couple of times and then, then he's we, held down. And it, it's it's not easy, down, is it? Yeah. No, in so, fact, some of them are razor close. I mean, going that Volkanovski and who were it? Islam. Yeah, Islam Makachev. How close were that? Very close, yeah. So then it brings back to what you said. So how come the it's not the fighters sit, sitting in the judging seats, but the boxing judges? Yeah, yeah. It seems it seems like something that could be improved on, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, and, and not a not a hard thing to to put no, in place. And they have money to do the resources, everything, and they just don't. I don't understand whether where is the why where is the holdup? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. so to speak. Yeah, they do definitely. It's uh, there does seem to be as well at the moment more and more of these controversial decisions on each each card, like don't they? So it's, we've had a, a few a few recently, you know, big high profile ones where people can calling out saying they're getting robbed, or, or I know there's another thing that you wanted to touch on, Chris, about fighters getting fights getting stopped either too early or too late. You know, referee oh, letting the them go on that little well. bit too yeah, long. That's right with referees, yeah. Mm-hmm. So referees think about from that? judges, yeah. Referees, first thing that springs to mind is we, big John McCarthy. I thought he was an unbelievable referee. Um, it's a shame he's gone, but yeah, well, it is what it is, I suppose. But yeah, with, with referees, I think nobody wants to. It's a, that's a tricky one, isn't it? Because you know, like, if you look at stoppages of fights, you do. Everybody hates an early stoppage, don't they? Yeah. But on the other side of it is a late stoppage. I think Herb Dean. I hate he, the late stoppages just as bad, me. Yeah, well, yeah, it's brutal, isn't it? Yeah. But Herb Dean, he, he's had he's had a bit of stick over the last few years really yeah about letting them go a bit too long yeah too long yeah yeah well when the f- we discussed this earlier on if the fighter's head bounces off the of the floor not the floor what's it called the, the canvas. canvas canvas yeah 
and he's out completely and he's still standing there waiting for the fighter to jump on top of him and the fighter will because adrenaline is adrenaline even if he sees his out he probably doesn't even see his out he just sees black in his eyes isn't he and he jumps and starts yeah. pounding well, he's got to get that result hasn't he? yeah and then that's you know it's, it's, we can all agree it's really it's a difficult job isn't it yeah I mean it's a really really fucking fine line isn't it between calling early and late well, yeah, because they're going to get criticised either way, aren't they? If, yeah. if you call it too early, they're going to get criticised. Say you could have got back up, he was still in that fight. Call it too late, you're a danger to fighters. Yeah, it's it's, it's right, a tough yeah. job. It's a tough so job. maybe again, then that brings to the same as judges. Do you think they should be ex-fighters? Or at least the people who are in that game? Because John McCarthy is in that game. He's in jiu-jitsu for, well, I don't uh, know, uh, ex-referees. Yeah, Herb Dean's a former heavyweight MMA fighter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I would he was questioned that. on a couple of decisions. Oh yeah, it? recently, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, that would mainly let him fight. It's go too too far. Yeah, but yeah, Yuri. It was interesting. A couple of days ago, I watched it. Yuri Prahachi when he fought Dominic Reyes. He um, he had Reyes on his back, and he was he was kind of going down on top of him. Reyes like he, he kicked he kicked up Reyes hmm. and hit him on the chin, and he, he like. He said nobody knows about it. But if you if you if you get a chance to watch it, he like lands on top of Reyes for a split second. He said he was knocked out cold. Oh yeah, yeah. He I said, did it, see that. It, it, do you know what I mean? So if Re- if Refer had been a bit closer and maybe seen him like go a bit limp, mm-hmm. yeah. So but he, that's the guy who's fighting for belt. You know, <laughs> against Pereira, who's he's undefeated in UFC. I think he's undefeated in UFC as well. Yuri, isn't he? Probably, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah so it would it were interesting that he's one of your favourites, Matt, isn't he? Oh, Prachka. Yeah, he's good. I enjoy watching him fight. He's an entertaining fighter, isn't he? It was a shame that he got his massive injury and he had to relinquish belt, which was a good thing for him to do to get that that weight class moving on. And then obviously the same happened to Marla Hill as well. I wonder the extension he had. Crazy that one, (laughs) it's rare you see that, really. Yeah, for two champions. Massive injuries as well, same weight division. But I also really do like Alex Pereira, so I'm definitely looking forward to that fight. I can't wait for that fight. I said before, it's mouthwatering that. What a bloody matchup that is. It is. It is. Which we're gonna do the preview of that. We in the are, next yes. Couple uh, weeks, yeah. Do I know that's that's the one after that? The next one we're gonna do. We're, our next show will be the preview of UFC 294, which is over in Abu Dhabi, which is in playing Akachev and Charles Oliveira, co-main of Paulo Costa and Hamzat Chimaev. I think we can all agree there's some big and great looking fights on that card. So we're looking forward to getting to stuck into previewing that for you, which we're gonna do in a few days' time, and hopefully we'll get that out next week for you all to uh, join in and listen to us so thank you very much for listening today hopefully we will be we'll be with you again pretty soon for the preview of usc 294 let we say and uh, if you were uh, give us a like give us a subscribe and all the available streams that we're doing on and uh, we'll appreciate that so thank you very much from me yeah thanks for listening everyone and thank you very much as well see you bye bye Podcast.